You are listening to the Steadfast Life Podcast with Jake and Witt, where we take your questions and offer our answers. We're here to give you what you're looking for, whether that's value, entertainment, or just some laughs. Today, Witt is working in the other room right now because we are trying to uh, work a little faster than usual, get, get more done, because Thursday we're taking off to go to California for some backpacking, going on a backpacking trip. So when it came time on the calendar to record for YouTube and the podcast, uh, decided to do it solo. So, so here I am just talking to you, but I guarantee you Wit has approved this message. Well, she will <laughs> anyway, if she hasn't yet. What I wanted to t- talk about where I wanted to go with this message today is an adventure that I had yesterday with a buddy of mine and I got to see his mindset and it was really cool. We decided to go paddling. He's going to be in a kayak and I was going to be on a stand-up paddle board. And there's this area down below the dam that holds all the water in for Lake Belton. There's lots of creatures and cool stuff to see, but we'd be getting a lot of rain. And so we knew that they were letting water out of the dam, which puts a little bit of a current down there and it makes the, the conditions kind of unpredictable. I had a bad memory of how to go about doing this. Like I thought I knew how to approach it based on the various conditions. So what I thought was that when the current was coming through here, we had two options. One is that we could fight our way across the current and get to this really neat flooded area, or we could do the easy way and just sort of stay on the side of the current. Because I've been down there a few times where the current kind of flows down the middle of the channel and the edges, there's like a little bit of an eddy where the water returns back and it's kind of easy just to paddle either direction in that. We decided that we would take the easy way. So he got in his kayak, I got in my paddleboard and we started off on our way down there and we're just cruising on the edge in this nice like calm water. And then as we hit like sort of the main flow, we were moving a little bit faster than I anticipated moving. And I was like, Dan, I'm not sure I can go very far down here because paddling back is gonna be rough. Like we're gonna be paddling against this current. And sometimes in a kayak, it's a little bit easier. On a paddleboard, the tricky part is that you paddle and then you, you have to switch to paddle the second time. And in that switching time, you're moving, the current gets you know full access to your vehicle. Whereas on, on the kayak, you've got the paddles coming from both sides, so you can kind of keep fighting it. So anyway, all that to say, I was like, listen, I'm gonna turn around and just see how hard it is to paddle the other direction so that I know how far I can go down this thing before I turn back. So I turned around, it's a little bit sketchy, it's like wobbly, especially when the, the board is sideways to the current, but I could just spin it around, start paddling. And sure enough, I could get back, but I was like, man, I'm not gonna be able to go very far. So as I'm getting back fighting this thing, I get to where I'm like calm enough that I can turn and look over my shoulder and Dan is just gone. I yell, I'm like, Dan, you okay, buddy? And I hear from in the bushes, nope. It was just that calm. It was honest, he was not okay, but it was just that calm, just a simple nope. And so I start, I say, I'm, I'm gonna come to you. Like, I don't know wh- what's going on or, or how to help, but I'm, I say, I'm, I'm gonna come to you. So I start paddling towards him, but I can't see him. He's, he's, he's in the bushes, as I found out later. I said, keep talking, so I know where you are. And as I got close, I could see him, but I tried to go into where he was, and it's like my only two options were to just to crash into him or go past him. So 
I went past him. And then as I was trying to get in there, I decided I needed to just wedge myself into the same bushes just further downstream so I could get to him so we could you know, figure out what we're gonna do next. So as I'm going in, of course the bushes hit me and the board keeps going, I fall off. I've got the board in one hand, the paddle in the other, and just sort of making my way into the, into the branches. It's a little bit scary at this point because I don't know that I'm gonna be able to fight the current. I don't know that I'm gonna be able to stop the board. I just know that, that we're gonna get in there. He's yelling to me as I go by, hey, worst case, just keep on going down the river and we'll hitchhike back. But he's talking about like five miles down here before we get to a place where we could like actually get out and someone could come get us with a car. I grab onto the branches and luckily it does hold me. I've got one hand on the branch, one hand on the paddle and the paddle kind of pressed against my paddle board and it's holding it all there still. And it was interesting because in this moment, that was the only thing I was trying to accomplish. Could I stop my motion and be still? I was like, oh, this is great news. That's like first obstacle. Now, second obstacle, can I get on this board? Because the tricky part is that getting on the board, I'm gonna to have to let go of the branch, which is gonna then take me down the river. And so I'm like, just go quick, hop on the board, grab a new branch, sweet. Now I'm on top of the board, I'm stopped. This is great. Next obstacle can I move against the current? And so I tried first paddling like a surfboard, that did not work at all because the paddleboard's too wide. So then I tried paddling uh, on my knees. I could kind of duck below the branches and be on my knees and paddle. And of course the paddle's like sticking up high in the air, but, but I could move. And so I started moving toward Dan and I'm like, that is great. This is a great obstacle. So I'm kind of pulling on branches and kind of paddling and just making my way getting closer and closer to him. Meanwhile, he's, in, he's stuck. He's got his kayak is significantly heavier and bigger than my board. And uh, so he's holding on to the branch. So I get up to him and I'm like, tell me what's going on. Like, how are you? And he's like, I can't move. And I'm like, okay, is there any chance that if we could get out of these branches, you could paddle up the current once your nose is pointed at it? And he said, well, my paddle is gone. <laughs> so his paddle has floated down the, the rest of the way. And so we said, okay, next step, let's get you out of the river. And then once you're out, then we'll, we'll get your board out, then we'll get me out, then we'll get my board out, and then we'll figure out where we go from there. So just kind of one, one obstacle at a time, just sort of staying calm in this whole thing. So we get him out, we get his board out, we get me out, we get my board out, we like take it up this muddy slope, we're like slipping, falling into trees, but we finally get it up to a place where we can kind of set it down and just take a break. We decided just to rest. So we didn't keep fighting. I mean, we, we don't know what we're gonna do next. We're stuck out there, but we're like, hey, let's just take a break. Let's drink some water and just chill out. And so we did, we just sat and chilled out and kind of talked through what a plan might look like. And then we started executing that plan. It, it totally didn't work. I mean, I could go in on forever about all the obstacles that, that we you know thought, the way that we thought things were gonna go that didn't go that way. Even one scenario is trying to go down a kind of a steep muddy bank with my board and I slipped and the board slipped and as I'm sliding down the board is sliding down and the board ends up in the water and it's starting to get away from me so now I'm on land and my I'm losing my board <laughs> luckily I still have my paddle in my hand and so I just dove on it like a little kid jumping on a boogie board into the ocean and I kind of like hit it with enough force that it fought the current and then one paddle and I can bring it back into this sort of 
uh, one of those eddies again, this like sort of safe area where I could just pause for a second. All sorts of stuff like this is going on. We're just, we're covered in mud. Oh, all of the things that we're holding on to to try and save ourselves are poison ivy. They're just like, we're, we're just covered walking through poison ivy. But here's what, what was fun. I've never adventured with Dan before. This was the first time I've been out with him. And this is what was so cool was his mindset is that he had the, we'll probably be okay mentality. Now, he doesn't have a lot of confidence in his ability to kayak. He doesn't think he's a very good kayaker. He's also not super comfortable in the water. He also knows that poison ivy is really against him and, and he's new to the area. He doesn't know how we're gonna get back. And so there's no real like evidence that things are gonna be okay. It would be very easy to pile on like, oh, I'm not equipped for this situation. But he just has this sort of laid back like, I think things are gonna be okay. And so if I look back at, at where that showed up, like how that belief helped in the situation, it was things like taking the break, sitting down, drinking water, it got us laughing a little bit, talking about the scenario and resting our bodies before we moved on. Knowing that when we went forward, we were gonna be wrong about almost every plan that we made. And then we were just gonna take our time and make a new plan, overcome whatever obstacle came, came up. The other thing was that even while he was in the water, that, that would have been an easy place to panic right? You know, he's, he's gripping on to this branch, this poison ivy branch. His board is, is really being pushed against the current. He can feel his strength running out, but instead of piling all that stuff on top, he was able to think, okay, step one, get Jake to where I am. Step two, let's see if Jake can stop his board. Step three, you know, we'll get to where we're both in the same place and we can work on this together. Now get me out of the water. Okay, I'm safe now. Now I just don't want to lose this expensive kayak. <laughs> now I get the kayak out of the water. And so it's just piece by piece able to just take it step by step because he believed there was a solution. If I were to say what was so impressive and what was so fun about adventuring with Dan and why I will for sure do it again, if he'll have me, <laughs> is that, is that when you, when you believe in the face of adversity that there is a solution, there is a way to do it, then what that frees up is your creativity and your innovation in order to find out what that way is. Now, if you're there and you're like, there's no way out of this, this is how it ends. We don't get there. I'm not a good enough swimmer. I'm not a good enough kayaker. I never intended to fall off the board. We're trapped. Then maybe some of the solutions that are possible you dismiss as like, oh no, we could never pull that off. Like I did not know how we were gonna hike these boards back. As a matter of fact, I even knew we were trapped by water. We were gonna have to cross water again. And, and how are we gonna cross it? He doesn't have a paddle now, but we're just like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. I just know we'll figure something out. And so not only were the solutions of creativity and innovation available, but we didn't really have a miserable time. Now I will verify with Dan to, to find out if, <laughs> I don't know that he had as much fun as I did, but honestly, I had a blast yesterday and I did not know how we were gonna get out of there, but I was just having fun figuring it out and I knew we would. I just, the whole time, just, just had this belief all the way along. So why even mention that? Why even talk about that? It's because it really helps you understand the purpose of belief. I think that a lot of times when we look at the future, let's say we're in like a business and we're trying to figure out, do I do the client show up? Do I have enough money to make these next bills? We're like kind of looking into the future 
am I gonna be okay down the road? And what we end up doing is trying to be right. We think that the, that the most important thing is of our belief is that when we get to the future, it's validated. We, we like, I know I'm obligated to having my belief be accurate or true. When the truth is that once you get to the future, your belief suddenly has no value whatsoever. It has no purpose because in the future, your belief is exchanged for knowledge. It's like when they talk about um, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. It's an interesting idea biblically to think about faith, hope, and love. Only love is needed eternally. When we arrive in heaven, there's actually no need for faith or hope. Isn't that interesting? Because everything now is knowledge. Well, similarly in this scenario, I didn't need to have the exact, okay, these are the steps that will guarantee that everything's going to be okay. I, it's probably going to be okay. I, I think it will be okay. I think, I think I'll figure it out. What that gave me was the ability to show up with the proper attitude and effort in the present. And so it's a really important thing, in my opinion, to understand about belief, that the belief is about the future, but it's for the present. And so whenever you're looking at what's the future going to hold, what's coming down the pipe, how am I going to be able to handle this, am I going to be okay, I would suggest always think you're going to be okay, <laughs> because that is what's going to serve you now. That's what's going to help you show up best in the present. And there's some fear around that. People are like, oh, well, if you always think you're going to be okay, then you're going to be too risky or whatever, you know, you're, or you're going to be too complacent and, and not do the things you need to do to, to, to be prepared. But the truth is that's not the case. The truth is that when, when you really think you're going to be okay, when you let that kind of peace wash over you, when you reduce the pressure of having to get it right, of having to know what's going to happen next, you find yourself more creative, innovative, willing to risk, willing to attempt. It's okay to be wrong. And, and you kind of find yourself equipping yourself along the way to actually give yourself the best probability at, at making it come true. I'm not going to say it's fully a self-fulfilling prophecy because I, I, I don't think that's accurate. I think that sometimes people believe that there's trouble coming down the road and it still goes well. And sometimes people believe it's going to be okay and it doesn't. I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that. It, it's just that it, it's for you now. It, it's for the present. That when you believe it will probably be okay, you show up the best here. So I'm going to leave you with seven beliefs that I choose every day. Now, these are not things that I know to be true. This is not me trying to say, I know how the world works and you don't, and this is how it is. I know I'm choosing these beliefs. I'm, I'm choosing them. And the reason I choose them is because when I choose them every single morning before the sun comes up, I like how it makes me show up in the only place where I have any knowledge whatsoever, the present. So the first one is what Dan sort of demonstrated for me yesterday. It will probably be okay. I live in peace. I don't worry. My speculations are positive. My, my what ifs are naturally positive is the way I say that one. So another one is that beautiful and amazing is around the corner. And this one gives me hope. It helps me live in hope in the present. And so that whenever I notice thoughts that are not anchored in hope, 
I know that they're lies. I, I dismiss those. The next one is that the impossible seems reasonable. This is where I dive into my faith literally in Jesus Christ. That when I see an impossible situation, I want to be the person that shows up in that impossible situation with the expectation of a miracle. Not because I think a miracle is always going to show up. And I'm sure there's people that could say like, I had an impossible situation and there wasn't a miracle. Yeah, maybe. But I like the way I show up when I show up in the expectation that there will be. It makes my attitude and effort in the present the best. The next one is that I am now measured by Christ inside me. This helps with my self-worth. I like myself because in my faith, my belief in Jesus has made me a new creation. I'm a new person. I'm now seen differently by God. And, and so it's easy for me to like Jake. And I like the way that feels in the present. The next one is that I remember that forgiveness is for me. And it makes me quick to forgive. And this one fights a lot of the, the chat of I need to teach a lesson. I'm going to let people off the hook or whatever. N none of that. I just, I forgive quickly. If I'm offended, I forgive. I get offended, I forgive. And it's not that I'm now immune to being offended. I just forgive quickly. The next one is that I choose to believe that my life is filled with blessings. I love this one. I have like a swagger. I, I, I like this one because I feel like it's a bit polarizing. I find that a lot of the people I know, they like to sort of uh, bolster their significance by how hard they've had it. I'm sure you've all heard, you know, grandparents talking about walking uphill both ways in the snow. What is that? that? That's me trying to kind of offer my significance, build up my significance by how hard my past has been, by how hard my life has been, by how many things that I've had to overcome. And I'm like, you know, I actually prefer to choose to believe that I'm blessed. Now, I can find evidence for either one, but... I like the way it feels to choose that I am blessed. And, and when I choose to believe that my life is filled with blessings, it makes me both confident and grateful. And the gratefulness is what inoculates me from pride. So that's what keeps me out of the, the prideful part of it. So I, I really, when I say that belief, I go with both pieces, that my life is filled with blessings. I am confident and I am grateful. And my gratefulness inoculates me from pride. And then the last one is just that everyone is doing the best they can with what they've got. Keeps me out of judgment. Keeps me from judging people around me. I, I tend to believe in others and give other people the benefit of the doubt. And I haven't had an issue with people walking all over me, to be honest. I know that's the big fear of that one. Well, you can't just trust people. Uh, you can. And, and you'll, you'll find that, it, that trusting people is really more about how you're going to show up than what they're going to do and, and the experience that you have for you. So those are seven beliefs to try on. And, you know, if you feel some resistance, like I can't just believe that, really try on this idea that belief is less about accurately predicting the future and more about how you're going to show up now. As Whit and I have embarked on this journey of making our own change and helping clients do the same, one thing that we've noticed is that the change that's really worth making is usually not a one and done kind of thing. That the key factor is the ability to do it daily, to be consistent, to remain steadfast. We believe this so much that we have named our company after it and we've created a program intentionally designed to build your consistency. We wanna build your consistency to trust yourself. So we called it Trust You. If you're ready to become the person that doesn't just renew your mind, but renews your mind daily, head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com and check it out.